Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell everybody that uh, there is a small likelihood of explosion or other weird things coming from my direction. Um, this is a little alarming to the rest of you. I'm just so good at hiding the dungeon master didn't see me. Yeah, totally, totally uh, maxed your stealth roll there, so the dungeon master didn't even notice you there. I mean, worst comes to worst, Arlen can just start shooting magic in the wilderness up there, and hopefully some sorcerers will come out and be like, hey, can you not? You're a level 12 sorcerer with 64 hit points? Yep. You are redefining glass cannon, my friend. Mm-hmm. Why am I yelling? Yeah, Because your, your cat is two in the morning. Oh. Yeah, valid. Yes. Chapter 188. The Bitter Brew Detectives. Okay. So in the last episode, a lot of momentous things happened for Cotter and Craval's group. Uh, you guys had made it back to Port of Magnum. You had an audience with the Baron. The Baron appointed Cotter in charge of the Swan Battalion. Uh, you uh, had a tense but... Um, nutritious dinner with the family and uh, you marched back out again after being home for a grand total of one evening and uh, spent a uh, rough evening in the field getting ready for the battle and then the battle commenced and what uh, what was going on right as we finished there they were on the drugs with the mushrooms yes good now leads us me to believe that torque the torque drug which i think that the uh spore druids have been messing with Yes, a bunch of the Torque zombies showed up. Whether they are infected because of the Torque, the way it was early on, or whether, as you were saying, maybe the Spore Druids got to them. However, a bunch, a line of uh, combatants came out that were busy with, uh, or that were affected by the fungus there, and were mindless brutes, were beginning to wade through your lines. And that's where we stopped. And then because your dungeon master is a jerk, we're cutting over to the other group. Yay. So so we'll have to get back to them and see how they did with that uh, battle uh, now that the tides seem to have turned uh, sometime later. But uh, now we're going to wind the clock back uh, some seven days or eight days back to uh, Civitas Cataracta. And where Kraval and his group had gone to the east with the uh, airship heading for Excalibarium Calice, Arlen and Adri, her family, and Jade Claw had all gone to the northwest um, on a different airship. And uh, so that's where we are now. You've all piled on the airship. It has taken off from the docking bay there in Civitas Cataracta. And if you remember, this was the fast airship again. Um, but even then, it'll be on towards the uh, evening, even at its best speed, before you can possibly make it there. 
And so we're taking off into the uh, ever-darkening gloom. And um, are you guys going to do anything while we're up in uh, the air there going over the Mare Arnosum? Or are you just going to go immediately bed down and go to sleep and just uh, ride out the evening there as passengers? Well, I don't this, think... Oh, like, who, who's on the ship again? So this group is uh, consists of Arlen, Adri, her sister, her brother, and Jade Claw. You remember Jade had showed up and acted as their guide. Um, obviously, there'll be um, others joining us once we get to Kalesque. Yeah, I figure we're pretty safe up here, relatively. So just sleep it out. Okay. And, and this obviously is um, a little uh, more substantial a vehicle than... Uh, the ones you've used in the past. So you basically, yeah, it's it's got its own crew. It's not like you have to worry about in the middle of the night having to get up and pedal your way across the uh, mare or anything like that. So yeah, pretty good time to um, to bed down there. And um, Adri, your uh, sister comes to you just before you're you're all ready to settle down, and uh, you've got kind of a, a private corner to the uh, passenger cabin there. And she says, so you actually met the demon queen of spiders? Unfortunately, yes. It must have been terrible. Worse than you could imagine. And she actually was able to look through your eyes and hear through your ears? Yeah, and I'm grateful, or at least I think I am, that that was the worst of what happened. She says, well, in a way, this actually um, reassures me a little bit because um, when the Queen's guards found our safe house so quickly, I at first thought that surely the uh, underground must have been compromised. But if it was simply the fact that Lolth knew where to find you, um, that means that only our particular cell was compromised. Um, hopefully, um, everyone else was able to make it out. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is for, for a bad happening. This is about the best happening that could have happened, uh, because of that. Um, so yeah. Um, well, she thrives on chaos and especially chaos amongst her worshipers. So I don't know how far she'd go in terms of sabotaging the rebellion. Well, ho hopefully, like I said, she only ever found out about our, our, uh, three people there with, uh, with River Rapids and, and Panther. Um, but uh, very good. Well, um, yeah, as you said, she thrives on chaos. I'm, it would tell we got to the surface, even though, and she kind of looks around, it's very fearsome up here. It's so wide open. Until we got here, I didn't realize how oppressive it was down below. Thank you for getting me out of there, sister. Of course. Thank you for joining me. And I'm sure you'll get used to it. And, and she gives your hand a, a, a kind of a quick squeeze and says, I'm looking forward to this next adventure. Um, what is this place that the refugees from our, our lands have gone to? It seems terribly exciting. It'll be new to me as well. Yes. And um, she kind of seems to feel that everything that needs to be said has been said. And she kind of um, 
you know, moves away and, and snuggles up next to uh, your brother who's already asleep and, uh, and, uh, you know, is e- either nods off to sleep or does a fairly good approximation of that. Okay. Anything the rest of you need to do? I don't think so. Very good. And actually Arlen was tides up with the last time we played these characters. No. Okay, good. So we don't have to worry about it uh, going off now that you're going to sleep. That being said, um, Arlen, now that you're going to sleep, could you roll on the magic table for us? Okay, please be literally anything other than fireball. And we will be happy. I'm hoping for flumps again. That would be great. Or the unicorn. Or throwing my dice all over the floor. Okay. You teleport up to 60 feet in an unoccupied space of your choice that you can see. Okay, so you see, um, Adri, you see Arlen uh, beginning to, you know, go off the land of Nod, and then all of a sudden, boom, his uh, blankets just kind of flump to the floor and he's gone. And you hear kind of a a disagreeable noise off to your right, and he's teleported across the cabin next to the door, and he's sitting there, and apparently he sleeps in Spider-Man underoos. So uh, that's kind of amusing. Well, I I saw him disappear, and I'm sure I figure, okay, as long as he didn't, like, disappear off of the ship, then he's, he's probably fine. So as soon as I see that he's not like disappeared, I'll just go back to going to sleep. Do you just drag his uh, blankets over there and, and cover him up there? Did you get those Spider-Man underoos in the underdark? You know, I it was a consolation gift. Yeah. Hey, we stole all your money here. Heavy <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Oh, those trow, they're always pranking you. Okay, so um, Arlen uh, curls up on a ball on the ste- steps down into the, the passenger cabin and is covered up with his blankets. Probably not as comfortable as he could be, but at least he'll get a good night's sleep there. And uh, then drift off to sleep yourself there, Adri? Yep. Okay, and um, you guys wake up in the morning and you are well out in the middle of the mare. You can see to your east and west the line of the oases to your left. And um, once again, you can see like oasis, oasis, way in the distance, the glittering, uh, you know, radiance of the delta down there by the ocean. But you can't figure out which one of these oases is the clouded oasis because none of them are clouded anymore. Um, and then off to your right, you can just see a little nub on the horizon or in the distance that must be the uh, peak there of Ubrim Concordia, where you guys visited so, so long ago. Uh, but they're already beginning to trail off in the distance behind you as you are moving forward. And the rest of the day goes pretty uneventful um, as the ship races across basically the widest part of the Amare and ends up at the docks in Kalesway as evening is coming to a close. And then uh, as you circle in on the docks, uh, Jade, Mm -hmm. you can see two familiar figures there on the docks. Uh, One of them is a dwarf that you know to be Moon, and you would assume 
that the cloaked figure next to him uh, that is standing there uh, in, in the ever-deepening shadows must be black. And the ship comes in and ties up at one of the docking poles and you exit the ship and sure enough, it's moon and it's black. And obviously the rest of you, um, oh, sorry, there's also a second one. I almost totally forgot. There's a second cloaked figure. <laughs> so there must be moon and black. And then next to that must be gray. I'm just so good at hiding the dungeon master didn't see me. Yeah, totally, totally uh, maxed your stealth roll there. So the dungeon master didn't even notice you're there. Got a 23. How about that? Anyway, and uh, sure enough, oh, moon wait. and black uh, 24. and gray. So the uh, dock or the shipmaster there, Adri, is uh, settling the bill with the uh, for the docking fees and all that. Apparently, he got the whole trip has already been arranged, um, and then he, uh, you know, kind of bids you a good evening and, and heads into town to uh, go get provisions and things like that, and leaves you on the dock there. And it's pretty deserted at this time. You know, it's it's a beginning of the evening. The sun is just going down, so. Most of the people that uh, have arrived have arrived and they've gone off to the various inns and are, you know, busy there with uh, meals or carousing or what have you. Um, and so there's just a, a few folks wandering around the docks, a few uh, ship captains that need to see to their vessels or perhaps some roustabouts loading or unloading things. But it's, it's pretty deserted at this hour. Just to, to recap, since it's been a while since we've talked about this thread of the party mm -hmm. what what is our mission again okay so if you remember and it's probably a good thing to review this um so galchabar has suggested that your path and um, arlen's path uh, went together uh, because above the western side of kolesquay is apparently um, on the you know you go up, up and over the mountains and you end up at a place where there is a group that are called the Sorcerers of the Shore. And they are a number of high-level sorcerers, a very secretive group. They have kind of withdrawn from society. But they are um, apparently very high-level sorcerers. And if anybody can help Arlen not explode, it's going to be this group here. So um, for Arlen, he uh, uh, wanted to... Uh, go up there to see if he could keep from exploding. Um, for yourself, though, Adri, um, if you remember, Galchabar said that there is an expatriate group of drow that live up in the hills there. And this apparently is where Panther has been um, taking the uh, refugees after he spirits them out of the Underdark. So he uh, suggested that you go there, and he said you might... Uh, be very interested in what you find. That's right. Thank you. So, are we are we looking for the sorcerers or the the drow first, or is it just kind of whatever we stumble across? Um, basically, I think they uh, didn't actually put any sort of priority on anything. He just sort of said, "Hey, go there and see what you find." Um, so, it, it's unclear at this point in time which group you're going to find first. Preferably, I would like to find the sorcerers first. Yeah, me too. I feel like the, the drow are kind of in a holding pattern. Uh, your explosions are kind of uh, uh, all over the place. <laughs> you might say that they're wild. Indeed. 
Okay. But anyways, you find yourselves on the dock, and amazingly enough, um, you can kind of see in the cowls of those cloaked figures that there are two more tabaxi, uh, much like Jade. And then a dwarf, obviously. Mm. So it was... It was uh, Apparently, yet more of these cat people around. Um, and what they're doing with a dwarf, you just don't know. But uh, there you are. So, Jade, what do you do when you see your friends? Friends. Hello. Hello. You have returned. This airship was very nice. Sandship? Airship? Airship, yeah. Airship. Yeah, far nicer than the one that you get to ride on with Danya, which is kind of like more of a personal craft this one is is definitely a passenger liner so very good um and uh gray you guys have arranged for an inn for the night for everybody so uh, i would assume you'd want to repair off to that i'll lead everyone over to where we want to go very good and you settle down in the very large room that you've uh, rented out and um Something, we haven't approached this in a while because we've been with the other group, but something happened right after you got done with uh, uh, getting out of the Underdark. And this group has all gone to level 12. And so we went over the upgrades for the last group. So let us go around and you guys can list out what has happened with these characters um, as they've gone up to level 12. So uh, why don't you start us off there, Bryce, and tell us what's happened with Gray on his upgrade to level 12. Okay, so Gray uh, in these levels has had two opportunities for ability score improvement. Uh, on one of those, I increased like my charisma and wisdom, I think. And on the other, I took the proficient feat, or the skilled feat, so I'm now proficient in deception, insight, and sleight of hand. <laughs> Which would have been much more useful in the previous arc with the tabaxi, but there we go. In addition, I have gained a, a d6 in my sneak attack die, and I've gained the ability Reliable Talent. So, if I am making a skill check, I think maybe a saving throw? Let me check. Well, we can look that up a little later. Anyway, in a skill check, I'm pretty sure, if I am proficient in the skill and I roll any number that is less than a 10, I can treat it as a, as a 10. So my minimum perception is 20. Wow. My minimum stealth is 23. So, uh, I think. So, well, that explains why we didn't even notice you on the dock there. And uh, so, yeah, the, clearly Gray is one of those cats that just sleeps with one ear following you around the room as you're moving. And and actually, uh, silly us, why don't you describe Gray to everybody there? Gray is a Russian blue. Mm-hmm. That deep gray coat. Tabaxi. And what what class and so um, forth is, is Gray? Gray is an assassin rogue who focuses on being sneaky. And not being seen. You're good. And what kind of equipment does Gray carry around? He carries a short sword, a short bow, a hand crossbow, and a lightning javelin. And what is he dressed in? Studded leather armor. Very nice. And a cloak that hides most of what he looks like. Very good. So the uh, ability reliable talent, when you make an ability check, 
that lets you add your proficiency bonus. So would that apply to saving throws too? No, this is ability check. Okay. So, yeah. So outside of saving throws, I'm super cool. Yes. Okay. And then Drew, why don't you tell us about Black? Uh, haven't seen Black in a while, actually. Um, so now he's back. Uh, Black is actually known as Black Crispin. He is a paladin, Oath of the Ancients. He's a much older Tabaski. His fur is uh, peppered liberally with white hairs, so he kind of looks like a starry sky at times. He is carries a glaive, and before one of the Tabaskis had seen him, he had this very old and uh, rusty-looking armor, but uh, the Black Crispin in front of him is different than that they've seen in a long time. Um, he looks like he's lost a tremendous amount of weight. His armor is a deep verdant green, and uh, his glaive, which was his pride and joy, has looks like it's finished being carved along the shaft of the glaive. Oh, wow, he's completed he's still, his story. He's complete. Well, he's apparently has completed the story or has seen where his story will end. So now I have to kill him off. Potentially. Uh, he also has, uh, he has, his ears are torn. One is a straight slit from top, from the very point halfway down. And the other one is almost an L-shaped tear where it comes down a little bit and just out to the right, causing it to ever so slightly flip forward. Um, he has uh, yellow eyes, but with his uh, increase in his uh, powers from being a paladin, now they seem to shimmer with a light green light constantly. Neat. Yeah, he gained a few things. Um, he now has an aura of courage that helps everyone around him not be frightened by magic or other means. Um, he's uh, Now when he strikes with his weapons or his claws, he immediately does radiant damage on top of his normal damage. And he, with a, a couple of spell, a couple stat increases, he just increased his uh, charisma for making it a little bit easier for his... Uh, Auras to be more potent. And I think I upped his constitution to give him a few more hit points. I'm not sure which, really. It's been a while. So he's uh, he's an older tabaxi just finishing his journey. Very good. Okay, and Owen, why don't you tell us about Arlen? To be completely honest, it's been so long since I've leveled him up, I have no idea what happened. Um... It says that at level 12, we get a um, increase in stats. And I think I put that in charisma. So it's now in a plus four. That seems to be what I remember too, yeah. Sounds like the DM needs to give us a new level so we can understand what happened. Right, um, and I'm at 64 hit points. Level 13 would be very nice. <laughs> very good. And does um, the sorcerer get anything interesting at 12? Do you blow up a little better? I'm or? You're a level 12 sorcerer with 64 hit points? Yep. You are redefining glass cannon, my friend. Mm -hmm. I don't remember if I got sunbeam last level or this level, but I have sunbeam. Nice. And what does sunbeam yeah, do? Level, level 12 is kind of a standstill level for sorcerer. Actually, and how many hit points did Misty have there, Jesse? Uh, Misty... Was at 60 hit points so it seems like yeah the glass yeah. cannon uh, extends across the sorcerer class here so good oh, what's missy's yes, constitution characters. what what's, what's her constitution con? uh 13 okay yeah mine's a 12 so 
Okay, my Nothing. point's been proven. <laughs> okay, and since we've got you there, Jesse, why don't you tell us about... Actually, I first, um, Owen, why don't you describe Arlen to everybody? Arlen is um, a fairly short guy. He is has short blonde hair and blue eyes. Um, he's wearing a, what looks like just to be normal traveling clothes, but they are his um, armor that can change into whatever he wants. And he's got a spiffy looking belt and a robot squirrel that is always on his shoulder. Very good. And uh, then, yes, let's go, Jesse. Why don't you tell us about Adri? Yeah, so Adri is a half-drow monk. Um, she is half-drow, so she doesn't quite have the, um, like, kind of unnaturally black skin and, like, super pale white hair. It's more kind of like a platinum and a dark charcoal-colored skin. Um, and similarly to the sorcerer, 12th level, nothing really exciting happens for monks except for the ability score improvement, so I put a plus two to her decks, which increased armor class and uh, attacks and things like that. So it was kind of like a general buff um, rather than anything too thrilling. Um, so now she's got like 72 hit points, um, but other than that, not much has changed since uh, last level. Very good. And then uh, Matt, why don't you tell us about Moon? So Moon, uh, Undermountain, is uh, a reincarnated uh, tabaxi turned dwarf. So retains the gray beard streaked with white and has a chipped tooth and um, still has yellow eyes. So that aspect carried forward. Um, moving up, gained uh, some cool cleric abilities. One is now I get Divine Strike and I can make that cold fire or lightning. Once per turn, I get divine interaction, so I can call on my deity for help once every seven days. And uh, as I'm a dwarf, uh, part of the transformation continued and I took the toughness feat, which brought my hit points to 117. Nice, very good. And finally, Melanie, we haven't seen you in a while. It's good to see you. Uh, tell us about Jade Claw. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jade Claw is a tabaxi ranger uh, skilled in the art of the bow, uh, but is also very sneaky. Uh, she has a black cloak with bright green eyes. Uh, leveling up, I can now hide in plain sight, which if I don't move, I can become really sneaky. Um, and I also, uh, if there are any enemies within 10 feet, I can just fire at them at will. Nice. So what, what is that skill called? Volley. Neat. And actually, how does that read? That one sounds like a really neat one. You can use your action to make a ranged attack against any number of creatures within 10 feet of any point. Of a point you can see within your weapon's range, you must have ammunition for each target as normal, and you must make a separate attack roll for each target. So you can basically just go all Legolas on them and just start firing arrows willy-nilly into the crowd. Yeah. Neat. Very good. Okay, so 
the uh, oh, and actually, this brings up another uh, question uh, there, Adri. So as as the uh, ship is coming in towards the dock here, and you guys are getting ready to finish your journey, um, how are you and your brother and now sister going to disguise themselves? Um, well, I have that circlet of disguise. Um, I believe I still have that. Right, that mm-hmm. didn't get stolen. Okay, last we remember. Yep. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, I don't have anything other than, well, I have that compact. Mm-hmm. You do. That, yeah. But does that work for more than one person or it's just the one that it's attuned to? Yeah. You remember you were able to make up everybody down there in the underdark. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I forgot about that. I apologize. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's, let's, uh, you know, and I don't know, can, can we say that like in the hour or so before we were to, to dock, I was spending some time doing some makeup on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, okay. you, you, you have uh, put it put them from, uh, from the dark complexion to the light complexion and uh, give them a quick primer on how to wrap yourself up in your uh, cloak and stuff yeah. to uh, keep yourself and hidden. As, if anyone asks, I mean, I, I'm, I'm certain that I pretty much carry myself as, as a monk. And if I have extra wraps, I can just say they're my disciples or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> These are your loyal retainers. Um, and actually, as you guys are coming into the inn, you can just actually feel the tension coming from your sister and brother being in this strange and alien landscape. And, you know, obviously they fully expect at any moment to be found out and, and, uh, to be called out and attacked, but you guys are able to just kind of wander right through the, the midst there and off to your room without anybody uh, being the wiser. And uh, that's where you find yourself. Um, all of a sudden, Arlen and Adri, you're in a room with three cat people, two of which you've only uh, met this last hour and the other one you've only met the previous day. And uh, you're on the docks on the edge of Kalesquay. So, uh, do you guys need to one do one dwarf if you mind? True, true. You've got that too. Yeah. So, um, did you need to say anything, do anything before uh, you guys call it a night, or what do you want to do? I'm assuming we're gonna like get introduced to each other. Some of that like talk we had about what the things we can do was between characters instead of just to the listener. Mm-hmm. And actually, Jade, did you want to introduce everybody to everybody? Humans. Cat and dwarf. They're not, They're not humans. humans. Other people, friends. They, they, they appear to be half elves. Yes. People who are not cat people, cat people and dwarf. Well, that pretty much covers it. Maybe it? we should have this discussion um, in the inn where mm-hmm. we have a little bit more privacy. Well, that, that's we'll, where we're assuming you're there. I think we were. I thought we were in our private room. Right? Yeah, you are. Yes. Never mind. Um, I would speak to Moon Under Mountain and Tabaxi. Just ask him to go if he would not mind horribly acting as our go-between and get some food and drink for us for the for the evening and then we'll talk about where we're going to go from there i shall fetch myself some steak and potatoes and some tuna for the rest of you undoubtedly they will appreciate that and still that joke is not funny yeah i think it's great Could have been would worse. you like some crunchies as well could have been tender vittles Okay, so do you want to call it a night, or do you want to introduce yourselves to your new companions? What do you guys want to do? I'll I'll introduce myself. Well, obviously, it seems like the younger of the two half elves with a slight different color. Well, actually, she's not totally different coloring. 
the one that holds herself different looks more like a practice warrior, so I will address her and the uh, robe-wearing farm boy differently, I guess, um, and just say, you know, pat myself. I'm, you call me black. The dwarf leaving is mooned under mountain, and the quiet one to my side is gray. I feel horrible. What are my siblings' names? <laughs> I'm like, all of my notes are all over the place scattered in this back room. I'm going to write it down as soon as you tell me. Okay. <laughs> it's been a long trip. Yes. So your, um, your sister's name is Karante. And your brother's name is Norst. Just use um, code names. <laughs> right. And I'll say it. it's wonderful to meet you all. And, and thank you for... Uh, meeting us here. Um, I'm Adri. This is my um, brother and sister, Karante and, and Norse, and this is my friend, Arlen. Uh, out of character, was was it uh, Galchabar that told us that they were coming and why, or do we still not know why they're here? Um, you know the basics of it. Um, you know, Galchabar passed across a message that, uh, you know, this this group needs to go up into the mountains and don't be surprised if they're even more unusual than you. But we know they want to find the other elves, right? You just know they want to go up in the mountains. You don't know anything about a, a a expatriate uh, group of people up there or anything. I understand you wish to go up through the mountain. Where exactly are we trying to get you to? Um, we were actually hoping if you could help us with that. Um, we're looking for two different groups in no particular order, but uh, maybe you'll know their location. We're looking for a group of elves um, that are not from the surface world, they're from the Underdark. And we're also looking for a group of secretive sorcerers. We don't really know much more than that. And you guys have never heard anything like this before. This is this is all news to you. We don't know anything about elves of what she's described at all. Nope. Um, are... Up until now, the drow have been just a boogeyman in your stories. Um, obviously, um, for those of you that spend more time in the library, you know that they do exist because there are factual tales about it. But. Uh, yeah, aside of that, you, you've never heard of them outside of uh, being in the Underdark. Or, I mean, there's always rumors of the occasional raid upon the surface in the middle of the night and things like that, but that's about it. And if it helps, the ones that are from the Underdark uh, no longer associate with the evils of that area. They're here to live a better life. I can't say that I've ever heard of either one of these individuals. All the information that we have is that they are in the hills above Kaleskwe. So uh, I think that's Well, we can just, definitely... Sorry, please continue. Uh, I think the best course of action is just tomorrow, bright and early, just start, I guess, wondering or trying to find out different things. Maybe other people know where these people are. Shouldn't we just take an airship? I mean, if the trees are dense enough, I don't think it'll help us look. Yeah, the airships are normally only good for the Mare. I mean, worst comes to worst, Arlen can just start shooting magic in the wilderness up there, and hopefully some sorcerers will come out and be like, hey, can you not? 
<laughs> the me randomly shooting magic is just gonna happen by proxy. Nice. I think if you explode, that might draw some attention as well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what we're gonna do is we're just gonna revivify you over and over, and hope the magic like will attract the people we want and not the people we don't want. I mean, that's basically what's been happening. Do you have anybody you can ask about this? Give us an idea of where above Colette Square we need to look? I mean, has Galtimer already told us all the information that he can? Um, basically, he only so. told you that, um, you know, this is where the halflings get their lovely beverage coffee that they uh they make and, and serve in all of their uh all of their cafes and and then export to the rest of the uh known kingdom and uh so um yeah that's about the biggest clue you have i mean you, you need to go to wherever the coffee's grown and apparently that's also where the sorcerers the shore and the uh expatriate drow are living so we can probably ask um one of the um, bitter brewers, um, where they get their beans. Would the Kabaxi know about that? Oh, I'm sure that somewhere in the library there's, um, references to that for sure. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, it sounds like we need to go back to the family tree and then look up these or we could just beans. Ask, or we could just ask around. Who asks people nowadays? Yeah, because uh, obviously going back to the Tabaxi Treehouse is going to be, what, a two, three-day journey um, past Valley's Kalei. Uh, and then obviously Perhaps another two days back, so. Is Under Mountain back? Or Over Mountain back? Excuse me. Yes, Moon is back with all your food by this time. Moon, once we've eaten and all that, could you go down and perhaps ask the proprietor if he's heard about this beans thing that makes people drink and whatnot and where to get it i'm gonna check it out okay very good so you go down after uh, dinner and and uh you uh talk to the proprietor of the, the establishment what, what are you going to say say there's tale of these halfling folk brewing some sort of beverage using some sort of bean i was just wondering where they might be grown he said, ah, yes, would, would you be counting for some uh, coffee sometime tonight? Uh, we could definitely get you to, but uh, as to where it comes from, that's a deep secret. Um, it, the the, the uh, roast masters may know, but uh, they don't let us normal people know. Somewhere up in the hills, they say. And where might I find these roast masters? Oh, uh, well, you go up into Kolesque and you're bound to find, uh, you, you can ask at one of the Herculeum Stella. Uh, establishments and they'll, they'll tell you where they get the beans from thank you kindly and uh, bring some of that fine brew over to our table if you would very good I'll, I'll send up a, a platter how many cups will you need how many do we have the yep, that'll six. be six very good um, I'll have it up there in, in the three shakes of a lamb's tail and sure enough three shakes later uh, there's a knock at the door I'll open it and uh, there's uh, one of the uh the staff there holding a platter with a steaming uh, kettle of something, and uh, that smells very delicious, and uh, a bunch of uh, cups. I'll take the platter and um, place a, a silver in the uh, the waiter's hand ah. and bid them a good night. And he gives you a deep bow, and he says, anything you need, just let me know. Will do.
Okay, and you guys all get a delicious steaming cup of Joe. And then we can't sleep. Right, yeah, you know, there's no way to get to bed after that, so you're all... Well, the, the, the tabacs are up all night anyways because they're cats, so... This yeah. smells funny. Oh, it smells delicious. Yeah. Arlen wakes up it's at 2. It's very bitter. Arlen wakes up at 2. It smells burnt. It tastes weird also. It's, it's not burnt, it's bold. Arlen. No, this is burnt. <laughs> Nice tall glasses we have here. Arlen wakes up at two in the morning to one of the to Jade just yelling in the corner. Uh uh Why am I yelling? Yeah, why your your cat is two in the morning. Oh. Yeah, valid. Yes. Okay, so um you guys have the delicious drink and what are you gonna do? Is it time to bed down? Um I'd like I'll relay to... what I learned. I'd like to go and see if the roast masters have like carts outside their place. That well, right now you're in the inn at the docks in Kalesque. You'd have to go into Kalesque itself tomorrow. Right. And they have a okay. gate, don't they? Yes, they do. So we have to go um, there tomorrow. We've been to one of these places before. We can probably go to the same one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the Herculean Stella just uh, inside to the to the left of uh, the main entrance there in Kalesque. And then we can just follow their carts back to where it's grown. Well, if they're getting a delivery, or they might give us directions. They're very nice people. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay, so we're gonna call it a night and go into town and see if you can uh, find out uh, what's happening there. Yep, I think that's our best bet. Okay, so um, Arlen, what are you gonna do, knowing that you're very likely to explode in a fireball? I don't know because it only mm-hmm. happens after yeah. I fall unconscious, right? Mm-hmm. Is Arlen going to warn everybody about that? Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell everybody that uh, there is a small likelihood of explosion or other weird things coming from my direction. Um, This is a little alarming to the rest of you. Um, What did you eat? I will sort of motion for Arlen to come over and may want to lay next to me then. Not with me, just next to me. I get that, but why? Uh, magic doesn't work as well around me. And if Merlin okay. uh, has traveling company, then I would definitely be there with him. Partially because we're buds, but also because if he explodes, I'm one of the least likely to get hit by it. <laughs> okay. So you're going to knock off before everybody there, Erlen, so they can uh, cower in the other corner? I guess so. Uh, on this note, how big is this room? It's about 30 feet across, and it's got... Uh, you know, a, about six or seven beds that have been set, that are in various spots there with like little, you know, um, curtains around Walkway. the beds. Yeah, so to, for privacy. I'll kind of shift mine over just not to do within ten feet, Arlen. Okay, and Arlen, why don't you roll the magic ta- wild magic table and see what happens as you knock off for the night tonight? Also, why do you want me to be close to you? Like out of character? Like I actually aura don't know. Aura of warding. Okay. Okay, so this doesn't really do anything. Um, but for the next minute you must shout when you speak. So that's a good one. So yeah, he just seems to go to sleep and then his snoring is unusually loud for one minute. Um, but yeah, for for the rest of you this wasn't nearly what it was built up to be. So you're like, what okay. Okay. It'll happen in due time, don't worry. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. No doubt. So um you guys wake up the next morning. 
and I'm assuming Moon that you've ordered some sort of a breakfast for the the early morning, and and uh, you're going to try to make it in the gates before generally there's a lot of traffic going on. And uh, you find yourself um, inside the gates, and uh, Adrian and Arlen, you remember the Herculeum Stella establishment that's just uh, you know a short uh, hour walk to the northwest of the main gates. Um, and uh, I assume you're going to go there and get your morning cup of joe. Um, I'm going to bypass that because it, it's not the greatest drink that I've ever had. I would much prefer other things. I'm just going to ask. I'm just going to try to ask questions. Okay, so um, are you all going in or is it just Ireland going in? What's going to happen? I have no idea. We haven't really thought this through. <laughs> I guess all of us. I don't really see why not. Okay. I'm okay sending all in to ask while I wait outside. I kind of try not to be, try not to stick out too much. Yeah. Well, if you all go in, then obviously, yeah, it's, it's tougher for the tabaxi to stay hidden. And then, um, you know, if you go in, they'll be expecting to seat you for, you know, have a cup of Joe or something like that. So it might, might be easier if only one or two people went in. I'll go in so I don't give much away. Okay, so Arlen's going in, Moon's going in. Who else is going in? Anybody else, or are you? Just I will. Gonna... Uh, so Ad- Adri's going as well. Okay. Yes. Good. And then the rest of you can just kind of nonchalantly occupy a space outside. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, you go in, and it's the uh, the same um, it's the same folks that you saw last time. Apparently, it's a family that runs it, and the 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 two little girls that you met the last time, Adri. Um, see you and you can actually just see them kind of vibrating in place they're almost jumping up and down uh, but this time they you can see that obviously the, their mother reprimanding them for uh, bothering the customers is kind of keeping them in place but you know one of them kind of does the little you know arm half up kind of half wave thing and a big smile at you and I'll, I'll smile at them too yeah. oh um is Adri's family inside or outside they're out there with you guys okay yeah um, I have uh, like my bag of ball bearings and caltrops that I like never use. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Seems maybe not the best idea, but I, I will. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and just you know throw the bag of ball bearings to the girls and just give them a cool monk weapon. Okay, just... they, they could be marbles, as far as the mom knows. So you're just going to surreptitiously uh, go over there and, and slide a bag. Here, here, kids, here's some very dangerous items for you to play with. Enjoy. I she, mean, ball bearings aren't that dangerous out of context. She, They're just little, you know. She could have thrown the cow traps and said, play jacks. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> here, here have these jacks with incredibly sharp points. Yes. Nothing could go wrong to this. I like it. I, the dungeon master approves. Have these lawn darts. Yes. Okay, I'm and you're in the talking to the owner. Yeah, you're in the uh, in the thing, and and the, obviously the the uh, uh, mom that uh, you had talked to earlier comes up. Oh, uh, uh, seats uh, seats for three. Yes, um, and she shows you to pretty much the same table you had before, and you can see obviously it's it's out on the uh, the edge of the road. You can actually see your uh, your family and and the rest of the the cats over there, and uh, says, and what kind what kind of get you? Um, actually, can I, I have a couple of questions before we order anything? Oh, sure, of course, shoot. Um, do you know where the, loca- the location is where you get your beans? 
Oh yes, of course. Uh, we we get ours from only the very best roaster. Um, the the in fact, it's called the Roastery, and uh, it's located uh, a, a good half day's uh, uh, walk up. And she points the the road that goes to the to the northwest, up at the end of the road, almost by the uh, the Great Palisade. Um, thank you very much. Uh, could we actually get uh, three coffees to go? Yes, of course. And uh, she comes back, and uh, she's got uh, the uh, steaming steaming mugs there, and uh, they're just in like little travel travel uh, pouches there for you. Thank you very much. Oh, I don't have any money. <laughs> I, I forgot Cal- I don't have any money. <laughs> Calchabar gave you guys some money. Did he? Well, while Arlen's like, I don't have any money. I'll just I'll pull out some some money. I don't have. I did not write it down if he gave us anything. I think he only gave you one pouch to to tide you over. So obviously, Adri has that. Okay, I'm. That is fine with me. Very good. You see, yeah, we have the awkward situation where Arlen is kind of like patting down his sides, and and Adri just kind of shells over a. Uh, he's not patting down his side. He's just like elbow deep in the bag of holding. It's here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and and Adri uh, kind of goes in and uh, lays down a, a silver piece for the three. And you guys are out in front. Does anybody want to sip from the uh, three coffees you just ordered? I will basically no, down mine. You. Okay. And anybody? I'm not that? terribly in, interested in drinking any more of the coffee. I like the smell, but yes. it uh, doesn't beat tea for flavor. No. I agree with that, but like it's here, so I'm gonna just like essentially chug it. Yeah. Well, if you want tea, you have to go across the street to Peter's uh, establishment where they have coffee and tea. So. Very good. Okay, so... Wait, wait, what was the name of the one we were just in again? Herculium Stella. Nice. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, it seems like, you know, as you guys have wandered around, that you've seen them here and there dotting all over the place. In fact, sometimes they're actually even, there's like two across the street from each other. It's just bizarre that they even need this many. But... Yeah, it's like a mark of how, how uh, boisterous the town is, right? Yeah, exactly. Very good. So you're going to take off... Uh, up the road there to the roastery. Yes. Onward, forward to roastery. Okay, very good. And um, it is a good half a day's journey up the uh, up the hill. There's several hours of, of walking up the hill. And as you're walking northwest, the view off to your northeast is just gorgeous. Because if you remember, Kalesque is just rolling hills leading to more rolling hills leading to more rolling hills all of them just covered in row after row of vines because obviously this is the the winemaking center of the entire kingdom the the wines of Kalesque are valued across the kingdom as, as the simply the finest that there are and there's you know little farmhouses some of them more elaborate than others that kind of dot the countryside in between the the various uh vineyards and then there's a uh, you know every once in a while you you can see a much larger establishment that must be the actual wineries that are producing the wine and um, everything here seems to be kind of geared around food and wine um, you know where, where there's not a vineyard there's a garden obviously they're all pretty much um, converted to either just fallow land or winter crops at this point in time but uh, you know it's it's you know carts go past you with uh, donkeys dragging a cart full of uh, barrels of what must be wine or maybe boxes of, you know, of uh, wine bottles or wine skins going to and fro. 
Um, you see, you know, things with the bushel baskets of corks going one direction and empty wine bottles going another direction. Uh, it seems to all be, you know, and then the ones that aren't full of wine are full of various food stuff. So it seems like it's all wine and food here everywhere you go. Uh, but the interesting thing is, as you go to the northwest, the northwest side of the valley, you, you remember them saying something about up near the Palisades? The northwest side, much like the very front of Kalesque, is this vertical wall of rock. It's just the a Palisade cliffs that just kind of come shooting right up out of the ground and form this, in, you know, the very hard western side of the, or northwestern side of the valley. And it seems like that the road is heading right for that. And sure enough, after about half a day's uh, hike up the hill, past beautiful vineyard after beautiful vineyard, uh, all, you know, in dazzling fall array of, of yellows and reds, um, you come up to a break in that wall of Palisades. But much like the front of Kalesque, this has been covered in masonry. And there's a large gate there. Although this gate, unlike the one at the front of Kalesque, which was hastily rebuilt um, as the conditions around the kingdom have worsened, this one shows to be ancient and, and obviously has stood here for many years and maybe even many hundreds of years. And uh, the, currently the, the gate is closed and there's a couple of guards on either side of it. And right at the base of that, you can actually smell it before you get close to it is what must be the roastery. It's a uh, nice uh, kind of rundown shack. Um, oh, well, shack's not the right word. It's pretty big, but it's it's uh, nothing fancy to look at. But there's the intense smell of nearly burning uh, vegetation coming out of it, as clearly this must be the smell of roasting coffee. It's, it's fairly overpowering, especially for the tabaxi. See, I told you it was burnt. Well, we're here. What did we need to find now from these people uh where the beans come from or where they're yeah. grown. is it where the beans come from is that what it is yeah and where they're growing well, yeah because out into the wherever the the beans are growing then um that's about the direction that either of these two groups might be <laughs> right well i'll stroll up to the door and just hit it trying to get someone's attention and uh so you, another uh, halfling comes out. Um, this is a kind of a, a stout fellow uh, with a, a, you know, stained apron and he, you know, there's an air of, of roasting coffee around him and he's kind of wiping his hands off and he said, ah, oh, who's there? We, we don't have a shipment at all, do uh, who, who could be there? Uh, greetings. And uh, forget, you know. forget the interruption. And actually, are, uh, are you going to go up black? Because obviously the tabaxi are trying to keep themselves as... Uh, <laughs> Maybe Arlen and I should should uh, be the front of the group. <laughs> Some then I'll, then I'll just point over at Arlen and Adri. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he he uh, looks over to you there, Arlen and Adri. What are you going to say? Um, we were uh, we came up here and we were just wondering uh, where you obtained your beans. They say, oh, there's, there's no secret there. Uh, all of our beans come from the uh, other side of the mountain. And he kind of does a thumb jerk over his shoulder. It's like over there where the uh, the tropical stream of the uh, the ocean warms the uh, the environment. It, it has to be warm enough to get uh, the uh, tropical conditions that the, the beans need. Is it terribly far? 
Well, it's a couple of days from what I understand, but never been there. Yeah, you know, the, you know, uh, shipments come through there and uh, we buy from them. But uh, yeah, and, and unless you got a reason to go through that gate, and he points to the, the one in the distance there in in the Palisade Wall, says, you ain't getting past it. Uh, are the reasons usually just agricultural? Oh, it's all a big secret. And he kind of does the finger in the side of the nose. Well, say we're very curious tourists and we would like to see the source of uh, the delicious coffee beans. Um, what what would it take for um, tourists to go visit those trees? Um, and uh, he uh, says, oh... <laughs> They don't want tourists in there. That's uh, totally not allowed. Um, only the people that have a reason to go there go there. So uh, I can't even go myself. And, and I roast the beans. And he kind of leans over his shoulder and yells at somebody in there that they need to uh, keep an eye on that roaster. Um, looking around, does it look like the wall can be bypassed at all? Uh, basically, you're looking at a several hundred foot high palisaded cliffs going pretty much straight up. And just in this one place, it's got a little gap in it. And they built this uh, large gate across it. I mean, we I don't think we can do anything but try. Uh, how far out did the cliffs go? Like, They basically are the entire northwest side of this. And then they go pretty much as far as you can see up into the hills to your right. Um, and then that just goes right grades up from the hills into the mountains. So, um, it's, it's a pretty daunting site. Yeah. I'm thinking we might have to, um, I'm obviously not saying this out loud to, with the person right there, but, um, probably going to need to sneak on a cart or something or disguise ourselves as merchants or, or we could just try to persuade them. The collector. Actually, um, persuasion. Do, yeah. you, do you want to have this conversation in front of the proprietor or are you just going to thank him oh, for oh, his no. info? And... No, I'm just, I'm, okay. I'm kind of talking out loud. Okay. So um, you're going to thank him for his, like, his oh, thank help. You, and, thank you very much. And go yes, back yes. to your group there. Okay. And you going to fill in the, uh, the group uh, on what you found out. I mean, we technically do have a reason. Reason being yeah. that I will explode. That might be. Kind I of don't know if that'll be too convincing. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously not, but like that's our real reason. Oh, I don't know if he explodes right near the gate and blows the gate wide open. I'm like, I got that circlet of disguise. Does that enable me to um, make make my face look like another specific person, or does it just change like minimal features? I I don't know. I think it uh, allows uh, you to do pretty much what you want. Yeah. Doesn't it like let you change your height up to a foot? Yeah, something like that. Because I'm, I'm like, if we could take a look at maybe one of the people who can go through the palisade, maybe you all are my um, apprentices. I don't know. Uh, um, out of curiosity, with the sole exception of our dwarf friend, most of us have means of getting past this palisade. So maybe we're making too much out of this. Well, yeah, but I'd rather not fight with a group of people especially when they've been so hospitable to us arlen can teleport two people well, can teleport two people but you need to be uh, able to see where you're teleporting to and all you've got is a big old you know massive stone edifice for, yeah mention door yeah well, I, I believe so you have to still be able to see where you're going nope pretty uh, much all of those yeah you don't have to see where you're going you just have to you just have to know that it is a point in space okay so you have to have like the gate open at least once in order for you to see also doesn't dimension door like 
Isn't it bright? No. Like, it's not going to be bright light, but it, like, shoots sparks or something when you do it. Yeah, but if I, you know, pass without a trace us, then if someone's trying to detect anything, it might be pretty difficult. They might go, ooh, what was that? And then there's no one really to find. I mean, or we if could just could vamp with him. could vamp over with Moon, Adri shadow ports over, the rest of us have claws. We could just climb the wall and get over. I mean, yeah, and there's also, like, my siblings, which could be with... Ah, I forgot about them. Ar- Ar- Arlen, though, can teleport two people. Those family entanglements. Oh, just one person? Yes, it is me plus one. Okay. Um. All right, well... Well, I mean, just uh, one thing that comes to mind is obviously the expatriate drow have to get through here somehow. So somebody must know. So you might be able to ask around. I don't know. Uh, you know, if you're sneaky about it, we and could, surreptitious. We could just talk yeah. to them um, about yeah. you know, the sources of the shore. Does anyone Because like have... not everybody, like not the normal person would know what the sources of the shore are. Does anyone have like a sending ability? We can talk to Panther. And ask how to get. Uh, I think that sending is with our cleric. Do we have a cleric? We do have I a mean, cleric, but does he have I sending? I don't have sending. Yeah, okay. I think our uh, it's with Creval. Can you have sending tomorrow? I can you? Yeah. He's looking it up. I don't think we have that much time though. I mean, does it need to be within like like what what is our time limit? Until Owen blows up. Well, the every day it's getting worse and worse. So why don't we just ask we the person? Why don't you just ask the person who just talked to? Hey, um, we're trying to find two people live two types of people or two groups of people that live on the other side of the mountain. One of them being the sorcerers of the sea. We'll see if that sparks a, a thing. I think they're a secret group for a reason, though. <laughs> yeah, Galchabar said he barely had come across them. So that the unless you like are talking to somebody that yeah, has we, inside knowledge of what's over there, probably none of the lay people on the side. We might sound a, a little nuts if we just say, "Hey, let us through. We're trying to find the sorcerers." Um, you're a rogue, right? I am yet. Can't I use your yet. criminality to find maybe a little secret sign of a something or other. And actually, just about then, Adri, you hear a voice from just right behind your shoulder. And uh, a voice says, you know, Secret Sign is the name of the band I was in in Port of Magnum. Is it, is it Nissian? And you look around and uh, Nissian is, is standing right behind you with a big grin on his face. Does he look like a guy who, if he dressed up as a drow, would look like Panther? No, he looks like Nissian. Okay. <laughs> he was secretly Panther the whole time. He didn't say that. Wasn't that one of the things like he said? Well, some... Gray doesn't know that. Oh. But yes, the rest of you re- remember that Panther, when he closed the door and sealed you into the Illithid layer, said that uh, used Nissian's uh, favorite catchphrase there. And as you look around and see Nissian right there, that's where we're going to stop today.
Dungeon Master's Notes. Okay, well it's always hard when we get to the surprise reveal at the end of the episode to hold in all of that excitement. Um, obviously I knew that they were going to run into Nissian. Uh, he as Panther, as they were saying, uh, has been smuggling these people apparently past this locked gate. And so he must know, uh, although I don't think the players have quite gotten onto that idea yet, but hopefully they will. And so now he's there. So hopefully he can direct them past this locked gate. Although, um, as things always happen in these worlds, uh, it probably won't be as simple as they think. But it's really good to see what's happening, that uh, Adri and Arlen are making progress at least, even if they're kind of coming up against, well, literally a, a, a brick wall in this case. But who knows? It looks like they may have an inside track on figuring it out in the morning. Uh, we'll just have to figure out what uh, happens in the next episode. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head.